when the Bible comes and, he, and, and the Bible talks about repentance, it is defined in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It was not defined in your action. Whenever the Bible talks about repentance, it does not talk about your action. It doesn't talk about what you do. Uh, and, and the reason it is like that is because the Bible says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and that was also a Jewish way of saying the kingdom of God is here, uh, which I'm going to explain. Uh, I've put it down this way. I said repentance does not activate God. The repentance is your adherence to the move He made 2,000 years ago. Okay, so repentance does not activate God. Repentance is when you start to think in line with what He has done 2,000 years ago. Now, there's two Greek words for repent in the Bible. Metanoia and metanoio. The one means a change of mind. Um, or actually to have different knowledge about something. And then the other one talks about a change of mind that, that is actually changing the very core from where you think and reason. And that change of mind is so powerful that it will animate the very thing you believe in. Now let me explain it to you. <clears throat> so repentance, the word metanoia, where it says repent and be baptized, or repent, if you want to go to heaven, you must repent, the way we always saw it, means to have such a change of mind that the core, the, the, the mental faculty, or let me put it this way, the, the, the factory from where you think, the factory that produces your thoughts, changes. You know, you can have a factory uh, that makes, you can have a factory that makes Toyota, you can have a factory that makes BMW, you can have a factory that makes toys. Okay? So, it's a change of factory. And that factory builds things, produces things. So, the word repent actually means to change the very core of your belief that produces your thoughts. So when we repent, we don't do it to activate God. It's impossible for a human being to repent unless God has first moved. Uh, especially in the context of the gospel. And let me explain it to you. In the Old Testament, what happened in Adam and Eve was they started to believe that they are, or, or, or that their life consists out of what they can do, basically. And and I don't have time to explain all of that now. And then the whole law system was brought in. So, if you want to tell somebody to repent, it, you first had to change something. Because the, all of mankind thought that God was a God up there, and He wanted man to live His standard of life. He gave him a law, and now he must obey that law. And if you live according to that law, then you um, will have God's standard of life. If you don't do it, then God will be upset. When God gets upset, then God will act according to the curse. Meaning, He will now uh, put you through a hard time to purify you. You know, um, hard times, I've said it many times, hard times ca cannot purify anybody. The blood of Jesus was needed to purify man. 
The blood of Jesus was needed. You know, we've got so many things that we think about God, you know, and that we th when we think about, uh, um, you know, things that happen in this life, especially when you go through a hard time. I don't know why it is, but something in the human mind wants to connect the hard time to God. You want you want to connect it to God. If if somebody gets AIDS, they want to connect it to God. They don't want to connect it to sexual immorality. You know, if 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 there's poverty in a country and and things go bad, we want to connect it to God. We don't want to connect it to the corruption and the abuse of finances. We want to connect it to God. God must be the ultimate guilty one. No, God is innocent. He came to glorify His name. In the Afrikaans, we say, Because we made His name dirty. You know, by what we've been taught and what we thought about God. We gave Him a dirty name. We made Him a murderer. We made Him somebody that walks around with flu, with sickness, with disease, with cancer cells, and just dump it in people that doesn't obey Him enough. And I mean, we can't believe in such a God. We can't trust such a God. And that's why, when, 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 and that was the kingdom we lived in. We lived in a kingdom of works righteousness. We lived in a kingdom where you looked at your own ability, and by your own ability you had to live up to God's standard of life to get a good life in this world. That, that's what you had to do. Okay, and that was the kingdom we were in. But then... Uh, uh, Jesus Christ came and made an end to that kingdom. So there's no more kingdom like that anymore. And now he says, repent, okay, because the factory that produced your thought, which was, I am not something, I need to become like God, I need to become holy, I need to become righteous, I need to become innocent, that factory was closed down. And a new factory was opened. The factory which produces thoughts that says, I am innocent, I am righteous, I am accepted, I am seated with God in the Godhead in Christ. That's the factory, and from there, thoughts are born. That's the word repent. To repent. Amen. Let me put it this way. We must repent from thinking, we must repent from our works to get God to love us. Let me say it again. We must repent from believing that we need to repent from sins in order to get God to love us. That's what repentance is all about. In Matthew 13, um, you know, Jesus, uh, uh, John, John the Baptist preached and he said, listen, repent and believe upon the Messiah. Because they were believing upon their own ability. They didn't believe upon Jesus. And then he said, I want to tell you, the Messiah has now come, which the Jews believed for all the time. The Messiah is here. You can now repent in what you believe. Repent from what you believe. So repent means to, to have a change of mind. Um, when the Bible says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, let, let's just define kingdom. What is a kingdom? A kingdom is not uh, like what we have, a democracy. You know, a kingdom is, is a country where there is a king, and this king is the ruler over the country, and w w his law, basically, or his way of life, is the rule for everybody. 
And what a kingdom does is a kingdom goes and advances. And what happened, in, and we've got a negative connotation to it, but they go and colonize areas so that this new kingdom's rule can now be on that colony or that place. Okay? We know the English did it, the French did it, the Spanish did it. Everybody, they went diff to different countries and then they would go and colonize a country. And when they do that, then they bring their law there. And then you could benefit from it. Or if, if it wasn't done properly, they would abuse it and uh, people would get hurt. But what happens is, God, when He looked at earth, He colonized earth under His kingdom. And His kingdom is a kingdom of, you're not guilty, but you're righteous. His kingdom is a kingdom of, I've removed all sin. His kingdom is a kingdom of where mankind has been set free from the power of the fruit of the flesh or the or destructive power, you know, uh, or what we call sins. That is the kingdom that he brought, a kingdom of acceptance and not a kingdom of rejection. That's the kingdom that he brought. And now, you know, what would happen, even like in the old South Africa, you know, when the new kingdom came or the new South Africa came, we went around and preached repentance. Repent, you know. You can't know me as a You know, why do? Why can't I say that? Because there's a completely new belief now. There's a complete new belief. We believe all people are equal, and because of the new belief, when I can repent from my wrong belief, then I can find the actions of the new belief freely manifesting in me the way the actions of the old belief freely manifested in me without me putting in any effort. It's very easy for a person to love what he believes. It's very easy. Man has been designed that way. So the word repent is directed towards um, belief. Repent is not directed towards actions. It's directed towards belief. When belief changes, action changes. Now, there's, like I said, there's different kinds of uh, uh, repent. Repent where you just have knowledge. You know, like, I've got knowledge so-and-so won the rugby. Now, that's not going to change my life. I just have knowledge. I thought so-and-so or this team won, but then I came to the knowledge that another team won. Now, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's not going to change my life. It's not going to change the way I treat my wife. It's not going to change the way I uh, uh, think about raising my kids. But when we come and we, we, we come with another belief, you know, that says, for instance, um, say this is a very negative belief, but to explain it in the negative, you know, you can sometimes interpret it into the positive. Say you come to a belief where, where you've come to the knowledge that your partner or your wife or your husband is cheating on you. That belief it changes the whole way you think about life. And that is what the gospel is all about. It is something that's so deep, that is so designed for man, it is something that includes man. It's something God did on behalf of all of mankind. He brought innocence for every human being and removed the whole system where if I'm guilty, God will punish me. He removed all of that. He removed everything that says you do to qualify. 
He removed all of that. He removed the power, the system that produces stuff in us where we do what Paul said. He says, that which I don't want to do, that I do, and that which I want to do, that I don't do. Okay, that is what it is. So we are part of a new kingdom. Now, when you go and look in Matthew as well, Jesus came and he casted out demons. And when he casted out the demons, and I've preached this here before, um, but just you know, to refresh your mind on it, he casted out devils. And when he casted out devils, they said, no, but he's casting out devils in the name of Beelzebub, which is the chief of all demons. So what they were actually saying is, is that the kingdom of the enemy is still ruling. Okay, it's like going to uh, Zimbabwe, you know, and, uh, and if you do anything in Zimbabwe, I hear Robert Mugabe had a, a hundred percent people vote for him now in provinces. I don't know how you get it right, but he got a hundred percent. I mean, he's, he's better than Jesus. Uh, well, anyway, so hundred <laughs> percent on the radio. So anyway, so, so, so imagine you do something in Zimbabwe. You do it with the consent of Robert Mugabe. If he doesn't say, okay, then you can't do it. If he says, okay, you do it. So if you come and you would uh, uh, overthrow part of the army, for instance, then they would say the only way, reason why he can do this is because Robert Mugabe must be behind it and he has given him the authority to do it. That is what they were basically saying when Jesus casted out devils. They said, no, he does it by the power of Beelzebub, actually saying that the devil's kingdom is still ruling. But then Jesus said, no, I'm not casting it out by the power of Beelzebub. You know, how can you plunder a house unless you first bind the strong man? So what Jesus did was, what he was actually saying is, and, uh, I have come and ended the old system of guilt and condemnation where you've got a sickness because you've got a sin. I've ended that whole thing. I've made an end to all of it. And I am now saying that there is a new kingdom. The kingdom where you are accepted, the kingdom where you're qualified, and I am showing you your qualification here. That's why I'm healing the people here. Because there's a new kingdom. And that's, why, that's where the, repent, the word repent is born from. It says, go and preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins. So many times in our life we know, this thing I'm doing is not good for me, but you can't but do it. And the reason you do it is because of a certain belief that's in your mind. Because we've been designed to function from belief. And that's why the word repent uh, is such a powerful word. You know, the word repent is actually a wrong word. Um, I heard Francois Toy say that the word repent comes from two words, repentance, which comes from the Catholic system where if you've sinned, you need to pay again. Repentance. You pay again and again. And we had the word repent. We've, in our subconscious mind, it's a thing of I'm paying again. You know, I'm going to say I'm sorry again and then God's going to forgive me again. No, no. God does not forgive you because you're sorry. God forgives you because He's a God of love. So, when it comes to for, for forgiveness and sins, um, I, I want you to know this. Forgiveness was, the, was first offered by God, given by God, 2,000 years ago, 
upon the cross and in the baptism of Jesus Christ. Okay? For every human being. And now, repentance and the forgiveness of sins is preached. We are telling people, listen, there's a new kingdom now. There's a new way of doing things now. We're not under Moses anymore. We are not distant from God anymore. And this is what he says. He says, repent. Have the very core from where you think changed to this truth. Then it says, and be baptized. Last Sunday we spoke about baptism. And be a disciple of this truth. Okay? So I have the core of my belief changed to this reality and I am being trained and taught by this truth. And you will be saved. The word saved means to be kept safe or to be protected. Okay? So, and this is, my goodness, I wish I had more time to explain all these things. But what happens here is we repent and we we, um, we, we, we become a disciple of this truth. Let me re- uh, read it again. And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, um, the word for there, where it says be baptized for the remission of sins, does not mean the moment I repent, I receive forgiveness of sins. It's like saying um, we we are preaching you, we, we are preaching the, we are preaching the forgiveness of sins for the cross or because of the cross preach repentance on account of the forgiveness of sins or because of sins that has been paid that's why we can preach forgiveness so or that's why we can preach repentance so you cannot preach repentance or biblical repentance without first believing that people's sins was paid for already. If I sit on a bus next to somebody and I want him to repent, I must offer him something. A new way of belief. We are not into repentance. We are into metanoia. Change of mind. Change of belief. You know, the, the, the New Age people, um, there's one thing, they've got a lot of the dynamics of Christianity in it, but not Jesus. You know, and they would tell you, as a man believes, so easy. That's also written in the Bible. Not that I am for New Age or that I'm a New Ager, but there's certain principles that they use which is biblical. When we believe the truth, that is when we repent. We should not connect repentance just to works. But Bertie, shouldn't we repent from our sins? This is the way repentance works. When the life has, when the belief has changed, the action, the new action is born. Now we see a person has repented and we see his new life. Now we think he's repented of his sins. No, he's not repented of his sins. He's repented of his belief. I remember the first time, you know, when I heard the gospel and I received Jesus. This is what the guy preached. He preached, you don't have to be a normal Christian. Because in my mind, there was normal Christians. And I was one of them. You can be a different Christian. You can be a dynamic Christian. And then he talked about the love of God. 
and how God accepts me and loves me. And when my belief changed, I believed that I can't be a normal Christian anymore. So I'm not going to do stuff normal Christians does. And I found myself a new fruit come in my life. I started to preach the gospel. I started to pray for the sick. I started to help people. I started to take all my pocket money, buy Bibles, dish it out to people. It just happened in my life. It was a fruit that came forth because of a repentance of mind. A change of mind, a, a, a deep change of mind. So I want you to know that the gospel of Jesus, the message of Jesus, is not the message of how we bring peace to God. As if God is in heaven and he's a bit stressed out, and now we're going to live good and just cool him down and give him a bit of peace for the week. Oh God, I offer you peace. No, no, God offers you peace. He's already at peace. He even says, I give my peace, I give you. Not as the world gives, but my peace, I give you. And um, w- w- when we look at forgiveness, let's go to First John chapter 9, which says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you. Now, we've connected First John <clears throat> to repentance. Now, you can connect it in there, but it actually doesn't even talk about repentance, but let's see how we can bring it to, together. First John chapter 1 was not written to the church. It was written to Gnostics, people that believed that man had no sin just because man had no sin. Okay? They didn't believe they needed a savior. They didn't believe they needed anybody. They basically believed that civilization is uh, salvation. You know, you, you just live your own life. And then he comes, John, he writes to them, and he says to them, listen, um, if you cannot confess that you had sin and that you needed a savior you know you are not walking in the same light as what we are walking in you're not walking in the same revelation as what we are if you can confess this truth you don't have to deny and say well i don't have sin i don't have the fruit of the flesh but you're murdering and stealing and killing and now you kind of walk in denial. He says, if you can come and confess the truth, in other words, repent and believe what God believes. God believes that all of man was guilty. And God believes that he took all of sin upon him. And God believes that he then removed all of the sin. And then God believes that when we believe upon him, that who he is will be born in us. That's what he believes. Yesterday I said to somebody, you know, uh, 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 we're talking about this gospel, and and, um, people say, but this is a new gospel. It's not a new gospel. God was the first one to believe this. He was the one that thought of this salvation plan. And wasn't it actually even a plan that he thought up? It was just him manifesting. It could never have been different. He is a God of love that looks at mankind with adoration, that looks at mankind with respect, that looks at man as the only being that is his kind in the whole cosmos. There's no one else like God but man. And every time I say this, is if my brain wants to stretch a bit. But if you go and look in heaven and you, look and you take God in physical form, uh, and he is in physical form, his name is Jesus. He's in a human body. So the only kind that's the God kind is the human kind. There's no other God kind but humans. Amen. Also say type. It's like as I ask my vrouw gaan soek, dan gaan soek ek onder die menselike species. 
is het nie. When God looks for a friend, He looks amongst humans, because He became a human being. Hallelujah. We are His kind. Glory to God. When, when we can repent, when we understand these things, and we can see that God believes these things, and we start to believe what God believes, we find God's life manifesting in us, and that is what repentance is really all about. Now it says here, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness when we can believe this. Now what, is, what happens there? And what does that mean? When I repent of what I have believed about God and about myself and my union with God, I find that who, then who God is delivers me from my sins. Now, the word forgive, <clears throat> the word forgive, especially in John there, does not mean uh, I'm not angry with you. We all know God's not angry anymore. But the word forgive in the New Testament, this is the, this is the, the definition of it. And for those of you that watch by the, by the internet, um, I, I just want to say this for the people on the web. You know, we've got people in churches that, um, this is not whole churches, but individuals that think that when we preach the forgiveness of sins and innocence, that God is not angry and we can um, go and steal money and we can go and lie and uh, sleep with our girlfriend and and do all those kind of things and and then say, well, God has forgiven me. And when the pastor comes and says, this kind of a life is not fit for you, then, then you say he's under the law. Listen, the word forgive means the following. It means to deliver from the governing power to send away or to divorce or to end a contract. That's what the word forgive means. So when God forgives us, it means He has ended our contract with the system that produces the works of the flesh in us. He ended it on behalf of us. When we believe in that, then God ceases those sins to exist in our life and not us anymore, but God. When we were in the, in, in the law, Romans 7 clearly states, and, I, and I'm sorry for the guys that, that are here for the first time that maybe don't understand everything I'm saying, but I'm just, I just believe that take what you can. Amen. The power of sin is in the law. So when I sinned, it was not by my power. It was not my power that produced the sin. It was not my power that brought it forth. So why, when I am under God now, I want to live wholly by my power? The Bible says God ceases it to exist in your life according to Romans 6. It says, shall we continue in the fruit of the flesh or under the law where sin abound now that we are under grace? No, God forbid. The word forbid means ceases it to exist and gives you His quality of life and gives birth to it in you. Now, thank God that we can bear fruit, but I don't think we should be fruit-obsessed, though. I have found, you know, uh, many times, if a, if, a, if a lady really, or a couple, if they really want to become pregnant, but they can't, it will take a very long time for them to fall pregnant because of the stress they are under, because they are trying to produce a child. 
And then you'll go and you'll see in many instances when they adopt a child, within two months the lady's pregnant. Because the focus was not fruit anymore. So the focus, although I talk about fruit, let's not make the focus fruit. Although fruit will come forth. And we cannot deny fruit. Fruit will come forth naturally out of our, this love relationship that we are in with God. But when we repent, then He forgives us. Get the word, God is angry, and forgive. Separate them from each other. You know, I don't think, you know, God walked around with anger all the time towards all people. He was angry towards a certain system. And I believe that there can be anger towards, uh, towards people that twist the gospel, you know, and, uh, and those kind of things. But we can talk about that some other, some other Sunday. But I think if we can just for a moment just separate these two and don't connect forgiveness with God's anger, but connect forgiveness with the deliverance from a contract we had with a law system that produced death in us. You know, if I, if I think of my own life <clears throat> and I think of how I enjoy life, I enjoy life. There are other people, if they must look at my life, they will say, oh, but you can't live as it's so good. You know, and then there will, will others will look at my life that maybe live in a squatter camp and they will look at my life and they will say, I can really understand why you enjoy life. Yeah. You know, because it's all defined by what you possess. But I can tell you something that the, 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 the enjoyment of life I experience is based on a belief. That's all. It's based on a belief. I enjoy it. I find wherever I am, when I, when I go to church today, when I was driving here, I wanted to come here. When I preach here, I enjoy this because I don't feel that I need to attain to another level. I don't have to attain to another level. We have arrived in Christ. Amen. Amen. But Beth, I still got this problem in my life, that problem in my life. Never again. We've been removed from the system where problems, finances, health, uh, uh, friendship, and all those things define our blessedness. We get blessed inside from a belief. From there, new thoughts come forth. I challenge you, you know, go and look at how you'll do business from this perspective. The perspective of, I don't have to have more to be something. The chance that you'll make a wrong business decision is so small. Because you're not chasing more. So if a deal comes forth that doesn't look good, you know, that's actually not good, but your desire for more is there, this desire will soften the warning signs that you see that tells you don't go there. But if you're on a platform of contentment, you've seen some of this nonsense. Man. It's like, like I said, I don't know, some of you don't know this, but years ago somebody came to me and offered me a TV station. And they'll pay the first four months of the station. Now, you know, if I sat with a desire of I must have everybody in South Africa know, uh, know the name of Bertie Brits, you know, then I would have run for it. 
And I can tell you, I, I would have fallen back into tithing and sowing and reaping because that's what you need to do to get the money to run those things. And I spoke to my friend there, Andres, we spoke about it, and I just I said, man, you know, I don't feel, I, I want to do this. It's a great opportunity, and everything looks like for the word of grace. But I felt not to do it. And you know what? I said to God, thank you, but I'm not taking it. And I didn't. And I thank God today that I didn't take it. I don't want a TV station. I don't want one. I want to preach on one, but I don't want to own one. You know, so it, could, it looked like success, but because you are already happy with where you are, you can't be tempted with something that's not fit for you. And if I look at how many more people were reached in a different, through a different medium, the internet, you know, thank God. You know, the amount I would have wanted to reach was reached anyway, effortless, without manipulating and controlling, because I have repented of one thing, believing that you are what you do. Do you see how repentance works? In a repent, repenting of believing I am what I do gives you sanity in business. Glory to God. Amen. It's not that we say we will not grow. It's not that we say it will not expand. His kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. Glory to God. And this truth will just manifest more and more in our lives. I'm going to end off with... If you look, uh, just another example in Matthew 12 where the Pharisees was, um, came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, why does your disciples eat with unwashed hands and they do what's unlawful on the Sabbath and they were plucking some of the grains, they were working on the Sabbath, they weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath. Then Jesus never corrected the disciples but he corrected the Pharisees. So here was the Pharisees breaking the law but Jesus, here was the, the, the disciples breaking the law, but Jesus calls for repentance towards the Pharisees because they're believing in a wrong system. They still believe that if you work on the Sabbath, you know, then you are under the curse. But the new kingdom has come where we have entered the Sabbath rest, the rest of God. Hallelujah. And again, for those of you that forgot, the only way you can enter the rest of God is not by you trying to rest. It's by knowing God is at rest. I remember when I was in the army, you know, the, the sergeant major, when he walks up and down there, he looks irritated. Hmm. Doesn't matter how positive you confess, you cannot rest, man. Even if he doesn't see you. He's just up and down there, between the office and his house, or whatever, and he's seen, I is moeilijk. You can't rest. But when you see, at the end of the day, he comes out of that office, and he's talking with one of his friends, and uh, he sat, sits down at the house there with a beer in his hand. Then you rest. Because you cannot rest if he doesn't rest. You enter into his rest. And that's what happens with us and God. God is at rest. <laughs> and we enter into the fact that he rests. Glory to God. If God doesn't rest, you can try to rest. There's no rest for you. But when God said, I am happy, I'm at rest, you can now rest. By entering the fact. And see, that's how repentance works. We've got a different factory, 
that produces different thoughts concerning different topics. The topic of rest, a different way of thinking, different way of believing, because we have repented. Amen. You see, the word repentance and works has got very little to do with each other. But you might say, Bertie, but we must bear the fruit that the Bible says, die vrug dra wat by die bekering pas. Okay, what, what does the Bible mean by bearing the fruit of repentance? Very simple. When you've repented from a certain belief, it doesn't talk there about the fruit of the flesh. It talks about the fruit of the belief. In other words, if I say I don't believe in circumcision, I believe in Jesus Christ anymore, I don't go and circumcise my children. If I say I believe that Jesus Christ did it all for me, by giving His Son, and that He provides for me because He is my Father, then I must have the fruit that carry the fruit that fits that repentance, meaning I'm not preaching tithing anymore. You can't. How can you preach you need to tithe to be blessed by God, but you say that God is the provider of all man, for all of mankind by the fact that He loves you? No. You have repented and you've got the fruit that is with the repentance. Amen. I've repented from the thing, let's go get back to money, I've repented from the thing where a church needs to be provided for by putting people on a wortel for the neus van die donkey to hou and then he must walk behind that carrot all the time. That carrot is a BMW or a Ferrari or some big house or some kind of a security. No. That's what happened. God came and gave us the carrot. He says, I give you the whole kingdom. I provide for you from my love and my care. And if God gave us everything, then I believe that provision in a church like this one is born from what God gave. What God gave was Himself. He gave us His very being, His very thought. And that includes generosity and love for people. So there is provision in the church, but based on the love that people have for each other and the love for this message that is spread and being true to who you really are. But when I have got the fruit as a preacher that uh, uh, fits with the message of repentance I preach, I can't preach the law but say I believe grace. You can't. You can't. That's what he said to the people in, with James. He said to them, he said, listen, faith without works is dead. In other words, because these people went and they circumcised their children, they went and slaughtered animals, and then they say they believe in Jesus. He says, how can you say you believe in Jesus but you slaughter animals? No. When you believe in Jesus, you rest upon the fact that he's addressed, that his sacrifice was enough. And that is true repentance. Amen. And I want to just encourage you guys, you know, let's repent and be saved, man. Let's repent, you know, of what we believe about certain things by looking at the new kingdom that has come. Let's repent about what you believe about yourself. Maar jy het nou net die tuinjong gevloek, ne? Okay, nou sê kwaad. You're very upset. Say these things in Afrikaans. Die ouwens al op die internet moet nie worry. Nou, you just you know, cast someone out. Okay, now you feel, you, you, you feel that this work defines you. No, 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 no. That might define what you believe about something. 
But what you do is, you don't even try and change that belief. You just go and bask in the love of God that God has for you and the reality that God has about you and who you really are. Let me end off this way, and, and, and this is one of the deepest things that's touched my life. It's the, the revelation, and I mentioned last Sunday here as well. <clears throat> when we were baptized, we were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? We are baptized into the Trinity. Meaning, we are seated with God around the table. We are not a worker in the throne room. We are seated with Him. We are in gesprek. We are in communication with God where His thought becomes my thought and my thought is His thought. We are so one with each other. You know, like, like Jesus says, Father, I pray they will be one with us the way we are one. You and me, I and you, and we in them. So, I mean, we have been unified with God. And from that perspective, that's repentance. We've repented of what we believe about ourselves. And from that perspective, we can pray for the sick. With that perspective, we find a new voice or a new way of speaking born in us about our future. If I think of my kids and, say, university, I tell you now, as sure as what I'm unified with God in Christ, I've got no fear for paying all of this stuff. No fear whatsoever. No fear. People look at us badly, but what plan do you have? I, I just tell you, I just tell you, there, there is no fear. No fear whatsoever. And the reason why there's no fear, the, the, this new thought that is fearless wasn't me deciding not to fear. It was born out of a revelation. This is the revelation. He is my father. I've got a dad that loves me. Now, this morning, Henry was here, you know, doing the camera. Now, he didn't eat this morning. Now, Stane, he but he calls around, you know. <laughs> now, he wants to eat some of this. Now, Elena says to him, no, there's some stuff under the table. Get some of that. But now, he doesn't want to get the stuff under the table. Now, I look at him. Now, with your mind, you think, Booty, what's fault with you? You know, why? Why don't you just take the stuff under the table? But because of a repented mind, I see the value of God in him. You know? And I just see this awesome human being in the equality of God here. And the way you talk and the way you, you, you handle the situation just start to change because of a repented mind. Hallelujah. You are the God kind. Let's repent daily. Amen. Thank God. We repent all the time. As this is what the Bible says the Holy Spirit does. He, the Holy Spirit comes and reminds us of everything we freely received in Christ so that we can have a repented mind. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. You know, you might be here today and, and, and you are thinking, Bertie, what you are preaching touches my life and you're watching via the internet especially for people watching over the internet via the internet a friend of you sent you a link to this message on repentance or somehow you just got onto my website um, and and you are you just feel 
that this message has touched you and uh, you like the people in the book of Acts that say, I've been touched, what must I do now? Even if you are here now, you've been touched in your heart by this message and you say, what must I do now? I don't know what to do. This is what you must do. Repent. This is the word repent. It's not repentance. It is have your way of thinking about yourself changed today forevermore and make this truth the only truth in your life and be discipled from this truth forevermore, being a disciple of Jesus Christ and what He's done for you. And the way you do that is simply by believing it. And I also believe that we are, we are a being that communicates. So we pray. We say, Father, as from today, you know, I come and I repent. I believe this truth about my life. And I receive the salvation Christ has brought for me. If you are here today, I want you to do that, you know. You might be going through a hard time. You might be thinking, I've never repented in my life and I want to receive Jesus. If you're watching over the internet, um, if you want to receive Jesus, very simple. Repent. Say, Jesus, I believe this truth now. I don't believe the lie anymore. And thank that you are my, I'm a disciple of this truth from today on. Amen. And you'll be saved. Glory to God. Glory to God.